Meet your Thunderbolts. The Thunderbolts? Are they the exciting new heroes the world needs? Thunderbolts, strike! Today makes at least half a dozen times the Thunderbolts have done the job we used to depend on the Avengers for. It allowed us to move among you, disguising who we really are. The Masters of Evil! In what is now becoming an old story, the Thunderbolts once again save the city. Enough of this hero talk. You will do as you're told. But... He's right. You may be wearing a songbird costume, but underneath you're just screaming me. I can expose all of you right now. So you see, you really have no choice. You know what? We're done playing these parts. It's time to live these parts. No one betrays Zemo. Figures, just when we go in on this hero, thing, our blood runs out. Avengers, Defenders, Thunderbolts, I make any team better. We're Norman Osborn's A-team, and he's the big man in charge now. This isn't the team I used to lead. You, honey, are under arrest. You have to fight for what's right every single day, bulletproof skin or not. The Thunderbolts have worked hard to change people's minds about us, but apparently we've got a ways to go. Hey folks, and welcome to Justice, not entirely dissimilar to Lightning, the Thunderbolts podcast, possibly the only Thunderbolts podcast on the net. We don't know, and we're not going to look. We're just going to assume that we're the best, the first, the best, and the greatest one. Welcome, I'm, I'm Mike, I'll be your host tonight, and with me tonight are... This is Derek, Derek WC. We are the first! We are the best! Hello, my name is Mr. Burns. I believe you have some secret Avengers files for me. Okay, Mr. Burns, what's your first name? I don't know. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, great. Well, you know, it's a, what do you call it? The 90s, and, like, you know, that was an episode of The Simpsons from the 90s, and uh, we were talking about the Thunderbolts, which started in the 90s, so it all ties in. So, yeah. But, I mean, if you don't know the, the deal with this show so far, uh, I'm not going to explain it. I'm just going to go straight into it. You're going to have to learn on your way there. Uh, yeah, well, we, <laughs> we, we're, we're going to talk about uh, Thunderbolts number, uh, what is it, seven? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Thunder, or eight. I, I totally lost track of which issue it is tonight. It's, uh, it's, it's seven. Okay, good. It better be seven because I read seven for this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, de it's definitely seven. Yes. Okay, we're going to be talking about in our first half of the show, Thunderbolts number seven, and in the second half of the show, we will be talking about Avengers one eighty eight. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I will read a synopsis and give you some info on uh, Thunderbolts number seven, and as is our want, we will discuss it. So. Yeah, number seven, uh, published in uh, October of 1997. It's written by uh, Kurt Busick and Roger Stern as a guest co-plotter. Um, the guest penciler, it's not Mark Bagley, it's uh, Jeff Johnson. And he is aided by a virtual army of anchors. Uh, Will Blyberg, Eric Cannon, Larry Manstad, Greg Adams, and Keith Williams. Uh and uh, otherwise, Joe, otherwise known as the Inkers of Doom, <laughs> the Inkers of Doom. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised they didn't credit it to like M Hands or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, and it it also says special thanks to Work in Progress Studios for the inking job. So maybe it is like uh, yeah, maybe, maybe maybe that is coded. Yeah. Message. Other hands, right? But yeah, also as usual, though, like uh, Dave Lamphere handles letters and Joe Rosas handles colors, and uh, yeah, so this is a sort of part two of uh, a, a three-parter where the Thunderbolts take on the elements of Doom, and uh, it is titled. This story is titled "The Revolt Within," and I will read a brief summary I wrote for it. Going against Citizen V's orders to refrain from aiding the city against the elements of doom, the other members of the Thunderbolts launch an attack on the creature's citadel, which has sprung up in Central Park. Citizen V secretly follows his wayward teammates, astonished that they would disobey his, Baron Helmet Zemo's, orders. The T-Bolts engage a welcoming party of elements, and without proper coordination or leadership, are solidly defeated and captured by them. Citizen V returns to base and fumes at Dallas Riordan, 
claiming that his teammates were captured because the city refused to give him access to the Avengers files that he's been seeking. Dallas promises to try again to get him what he wants. Inside the element Citadel, the captive T-Bolts are addressed by Dr. Valsili? Valsili? I don't know. Yeah, it's some Russian... I think it's Vasily uh, Kondrovich. Kondrovich, yeah. Okay. Uh, he, he is the creator of the Elements of Doom. Uh, doctor, The Doctor declares he will use the Elements to take over the world at his command, and that he has purged them of the rebellious tendencies that they, they had previously evidenced. Unfortunately for him, this claim is completely proven false almost immediately when the Elements turn on and imprison him, having their own plans for the world. The T-Bolts realize they will have to escape before the elements convert them into more of their own kind, and Songbird and Techno manage to slip their bonds. The timid Songbird is chosen to try and locate Dr. Kondrovich so he can find a way to stop the elements. Songbird is doubtful, but a pep talk from Jolt props up her confidence and she heads off as Techno guides her through the facility via comlink. However, the escape is noticed by the elements, and one of them sneaks up on Techno and snaps his neck. Songbird is left alone and unaided deep within enemy territory, to be continued. So yeah, this this is an issue I actually owned, like I actually bought, and I think at first I was a little put off because of the, you know, the it wasn't Mark Bagley, and I'm like, oh man, like what's this now? Like, and I mean, Jeff Johnson doesn't do a bad job, but like I don't know, like after having you know five, six issues of Mark Bagley, you're kind of like, wait a minute, you know, it's a little jarring. But uh, like, when when did you guys first encounter this issue? I think I was I was still reading this in real time. Like I I know I at least read this a little past. 13 like i think i i probably read this i think in real time up to like maybe issue 17 so i i know i must have bought this i'm i don't have a a strong memory of like the fill-in and stuff like i mean i i do have strong memories of jeff johnson i mean i knew him from penciling you know wonder man he penciled that really cool legends of supreme miniseries he was on the when Kyle Rayner was Green Lantern, he did, you know, a number of issues on that. Like he he's he's penciled a number of titles that I'm I'm pretty familiar with. Wonder Man, you know, like stuff like that. So so there were there were plenty of things that I knew his work from. And I've always liked his art. I, I've always thought of, he had a cool look and everything and, and I appreciate the art in this issue. But I mean I get I mean I, I understand like um any series if you if you kind of were in a groove with somebody and then it kind of gets shifted, you know, even if it's, even if it's really good art, it's still a shift. Right. So, so there's that aspect of sort of getting reacquainted with your cast of characters through a, a different lens, I guess. And then, and then kind of what you mentioned too. I mean, you know, there, there is a soul penciler on this. So there's a, there's a semi unifying vision, but then at the same time, like you said, there's there's an army of anchors and, and whatever work in progress studios is. So, I mean, I don't know if, you know, like like some things I'm kind of starting to wonder is, I wonder if work in progress studios is all the buildings. Like, because, like, do you notice how, like, like, especially on the splash page, you know, and like, you know, they've got all these landmark you know, New York buildings in the background. And, like, they don't exist... I mean, I don't know. I could be talking out of my butt or whatever, but, like, you know, in, in some pages, the, the backgrounds look pretty sparse, and in other pages, it looks like they they have, you know, buildings and stuff. So I'm, I'm just kind of like, I wonder if that's part of what was going on here, but I'm, I'm not really sure. Yeah, I could see that. What about you, Justin? I read this when it was originally released, and kind of like Derek, I think I just blocked the memory of Bagley not illustrating this issue from my mind because I, you know, started reading this today and I was like, oh, this is not Bagley, this is uh, someone else. I think the different inkers makes his art appear messy at times. I mean, you know, kind of like Derek, like I know his artwork mostly from other books like, you know, Lantern. But um, I think the different inkers kind of detracts a little bit. I don't really have any like strong memories of this issue or anything, but I will say that it's a really solid fight issue. I mean, it's mostly them. It's mostly the Thunderbolts fighting and getting their butts kicked, which is something I 
I, I, I like because at this point it seems like they've just been pretty uh, victorious in almost everything they've been doing. And it seems like, I know, I, I like the fact that it's the elements of Doom that give them problems and they're just kind of like pretty obscure bad guys. They're so just like, oh, who gave you problems? The elements of Doom. And it's like, oh, you would, maybe you would laugh about that. But um, I know, I, I, I like the fact that they went off on their own against Simo's orders. I like the fact that they like, you know, spend most of the issue fighting and then get their butts kicked. And then I also like that it's basically Jolt who gives Songbird uh, a pep talk and, like, gets her into, like, you know, escaping and doing something. I thought that was uh, pretty good. I, I was going to say, it's like, this is the first time I encountered the elements of Doom. And I, I, I assume they must be a pretty big deal if they beat them, like, so easily. But, they're yeah, it's like, yeah. what did they, did they only have the one previous appearance before this, or? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. As far as I know, yeah. Like, I, I, like, I think I said last time when we talked about, like, the elements of Doom in the last episode, like, I think they're a great idea for, like, a super, like, villain team or, you know, like, a, just a concept of enemies, like, basically, but... Uh, yeah, like they're actually like, you know, I hadn't read a whole lot of Avengers or, you know, even like just gen other classic Marvel stuff outside of X-Men and Spider-Man, like when I started reading Thunderbolts. So like, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, well, I'm, of course, I'm going to encounter like villain teams and stuff that I've never heard of before. And, like, the way they, like, even though Jolt's the one who, like, you know, last issue has to fill everyone in on, like, you know, who the elements of Doom are and stuff, I was like, well, these guys must be, like, you know, super important because there's, you know, there's as many of them as there are elements, like, on the periodic table. And, like, they've had to have had, like, some massive battle against the Avengers in the past, right? Like, it had to have been. Like, I mean, look how many there are of them. Like, but I guess not. No. <laughs> I, I feel like it's worth going into, and, and, and you know, you, you may uh, question me as we get into the second half of the show, but, you know, the, the, the elements of Doom, their creator, like, this all seems to be, to me, retroactive continuity, because yeah. even though they, they, they give you a heads up on the elements of Doom's first appearance, which is accurate, you know, they fought against the Avengers in Russia the creator of the elements of doom i mean as far as i can tell i mean you know he was nowhere to be found in that issue but presumably i mean i guess if you're if you're going to take this comic at its word presumably he was there somewhere but we just didn't see him invent the elements of doom right and and then the main difference like we discussed last episode between the current elements of doom and the elements of doom from the original appearance in the Avengers is that they don't use human beings as their base form, I guess. So, I mean, there, there, there's a little bit of difference between, between the, the current elements of doom. And I, I, I think it's, I don't know. It, it's one of those things where, where it's a funny moment because he looks so confident and, and, you know, he, he kind of looks cool and collected and is making all these demands and everything. And all of a sudden, his own creations just kind of immediately turn on him. So it, it just, I don't know. It, it, that also seems like a funny concept. I, I agree with Justin that this is fun in the sense that there's a lot of cool, you know, fights and everything like that. But then, I mean, they still throw in a lot of the, the character moments. Like I like that even though songbirds being encouraged, like she still is kind of codependent on Mach one, she's still kind of codependent on Abe, where she's like, "Oh, if only I can get Abe free, then then things will be okay." You know that they're in these dire straits and everything. So, like, I like that moment. I like the moment that you know, basically, that Citizen V Zemo has that that he he kind of lurks from the shadows, watches and observes them. You know, determines that if he was in charge, he could figure out a way to to win that battle for them, but he instead decides to let them get humiliated because it benefits his master, you know, his larger agenda to get the Avengers files. And, and he's definitely using, even though they're, they're disobeying his orders. I like that. He's using that to still facilitate his, his end goals. Like he's not going to let that deter him from, 
from pursuing the Avengers files and everything. And yeah, I, I, I mean, I guess me and Justin are going back and forth, but yeah, I kind of, I, I must've had this issue, but I, I, I guess it's just been so long and I probably only read it the one time and probably just glossed over it. Like I, I don't have any memory of this issue and, and especially like the, 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 the flashback panel. I don't remember that. I don't remember, like, the events, like, the, the end events. Like, I sort of forgot that, you know, I, I assume it gets immediately overturned by the next issue. But, like, I was kind of like, they they snapped Techno's neck, and I was like, I don't remember that. Like, I don't, I don't you know, I guess there's a lot of things I probably have uh, forgotten since I haven't read the series in a long time. But I, I feel like this is something that I I completely forgot as far as the the arc of the characters. And then I guess, I guess my only other comment about the issue is I, I, I kind of had this weird vibe of when Citizen V is talking to Dallas on the monitor at Four Freedoms Plaza. Like to me, it, she kind of looked like Oracle for, for a minute, you know, cause she's like on the monitor yeah. and she's talking to him and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of used to, to uh, Jeff Johnson doing, you know, some of those, like I said, the Kyle Rayner and Green Lantern stuff. So that was something that I thought of when I saw her as opposed to thinking of Dallas, I guess. But yeah, other than that, like, you know, fun issue. Like, you know, I think, I think most people were in character, you know, you've got Carla Sofen trying to, you know, work again, the, the discord to her advantage, even though, you know, that kind of gets the team defeated, but, but she definitely seems to be still playing, you know, a master manipulator and all that stuff. You still got Jolt being a encouraging element of hope for the team, you know, like, like she's the one that seems to galvanize their spirits, even though they get their asses kicked and get captured. Right. So, so there's, there's still some good, good stuff going on there, but we're, we're kind of in the, you know, we're in the midpoint of a, you know, a three issue arc. And this is sort of the, the point where, you know, they have to be in dire straits. So that's kind of where we are now. This, this is the, uh, the elements strike back of the elements yes. of doom trilogy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And instead of uh, chopping off Luke's hand, we, we snap techno's neck. Like I wanted to ask you guys about that, and I guess you kind of answered, Derek. But like, like I, I believe I got this issue and one of the follow up issues at the same time, so it didn't really have much impact to me because like Techno spoilers comes back as like a kind of robot like in the next issue, basically. But like Justin, did you read this? Like, were you like shocked that they killed like supposedly killed Techno, or was that immediately like mitigated for you, like it was for me, or? It wasn't immediately uh, mitigated, but kind of like Derek, I'm like, I don't have any memory of that happening. Like, I know I know, I bought Thunderbolts on a consistent basis until somewhere in the teens. And, like, my, my ability to purchase it was kind of sketchy. Like, it's like I would miss, miss a couple issues. And then, like, when Hawkeye was in command, like, I was able to pick the book back up from another, you know, store or whatever for a while. And then it went away completely. So... I know for sure that I bought this when it originally came out, but like I said, I I don't remember Techno getting his neck snapped at all, so that's that's like a blank spot for me. Yeah, like I I think for me, I was kind of like, oh man, like I wonder, like I I, I was kind of probably in denial, where I was like, well, they can't have killed him off already, and then like I think I read like the very next issue, and I was like, oh okay, well he's back, so and they I was right, like so I guess it didn't have a a lot of impact for him, but I did like this, this reread of it. I did take notice of how he gets like a lot of the best lines in this issue. Like I, I liked his banter and during the fight, like when Mach one's like fighting one of the flying elements and he's like, and which one are you? And like techno's like, dude, that's like magnesium. Like I thought you were an engineer, Abe. And then uh, like when, when he gets knocked out of the air, he's kind of like, Oh man, we're a bunch of amateurs. Like where's the support? Where's the teamwork guys? Like, you know, um, last episode you were asking us what we thought about, you know, Carla and her intentions for Joel. Like, if that we, you know, you were asking us if we thought, you know, she was genuinely concerned about her or not. And I was like, no, I don't think so. But like, there was like, you know, a moment in this issue where I kind of, it kind of made me wonder. I was like, 
Maybe she is genuinely concerned about Jolt. And I don't know. I started like thinking about that a little bit more. I don't know if you had any thoughts about that. Yeah, I think like she has a sort of maybe surface level concern for Jolt. Like she definitely doesn't want Jolt to die because like I think they said like last issue or the issue before where it's like, you know, we would look really bad yeah. if we we let Jolt die, but you, you think that's what it is like in this this issue it's not it's not any kind of like you know, cons- like it's not any real genuine concern. It's more like Oh, if she dies, we're screwed, and we'll like you know look really stupid. Yeah, and maybe part part of it is also like you know if he sh- the more concern she shows shows for Jolt, the more Jolt is like you know bonded with her. So okay. okay, so so part of it is is an act for Jolt, but also maybe because a lot of this concern comes in the form of a a public battle, like she's kind of playing the camera a little bit too. Yeah, is, is what that's you're what thinking? I yeah okay. I, I like how like Citizen V kind of says to Dallas, like you know, it was like we were defeated. Like I only managed to survive because you know I'm awesome or whatever. <laughs> like even though he didn't even participate in battle. Right, right, right. But, yeah, I liked that. I like. I I do. I also noticed because the elements are so obscure, and because they're they're kind of. I mean, they look di- they all look different, but they're also a little like there's a unified design scheme with them. Like like I think Busick has them all like shot out their names a lot. Like they're like I'm Tungsten and I'm Magnesium and I'm like Cadmium and I'm like so and so and that's you know. Like and I was like, well, that's understandable. I mean, they all look like lumps of rock, like in different colors, basically. Yeah, I, I, I it's funny. I, I, I could, I can certainly write all their names down, but if you ask me who the guy is that broke Techno's neck, I couldn't tell you. You know, I know he's one of the ten, right? Like, but Derek, it, it was Breakneckium. Break Breakneckium, <laughs> uh, of course. What was I thinking? I didn't even write that down. So, but yeah, like I don't know. Like, like sometimes you're like sitting there. It's like they're they, they've got all the the you know they've got all these element names at their at their fingertips and everything, which is fine. It's cool, but you know, but yeah, and I think that that probably comes. We'll see from from Bill Mantlo's writing in the Avengers issue as well. Except for you know what I notice is. It seemed like to me it was a lot easier, or I, maybe easier isn't the right word, but it seemed like the the form of the writing in this issue was more of them self announcing themselves. So it's like you know, you know, it's like I am Bromine and I will screw your shit up, and it's like you know, or whatever, right? Like, but it seemed like in in the Avengers issue it was more like the elements would refer to the other element that was like next to them in a lineup or something. So I, you know, in, instead of me going, I, Derek, am podcasting, it'd be more like, <laughs> Justin, over there, how do you like podcasting? And Justin would be like, ah, I love podcasting. How do you like podcasting, Michael? And Michael would be like, podcasting is great. And you, Derek, have started us <laughs> talking about podcasting. You know, and it's like that, they, they kind of like played like a, a duck, duck, goose they all the names yeah. or whatever, you know. Like, they all prioritize know. like naming each other. Like, yeah, it was yeah. Derek there who introduced <laughs> us, and it is I, like Michael, who will yeah, deliver yeah, the yeah. finishing blow. Like you know. Yeah, so it's 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 slightly amusing. Whereas I I felt like in in this it seemed more like they just sort of tried to 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 mostly they they self announce themselves, but but in some of this they do do announce others you know they're like you know he's like put him down cadmium you know like it's like oh okay that's his name you know so i i did like when the two elements were arguing about like they couldn't be bothered or figure out how to get uh mark one out of his suit and they just kind of stapled him to the floor (laughs) yeah but yeah like i i think this issue started like to make me like take notice of songbird like this issue and the next issue because it's kind of her like spotlight time basically when she's the only one free and she has to free the others so and i mean she's one of my favorite characters in this entire series so like this is kind of where she you know she starts getting her confidence like on you know she starts being a little less dependent on others and yeah like i I think that especially next issue like uh, is a good spotlight for her 
Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I also think it's surprising how much an influence Jolt has on the team. I mean, maybe that would explain, regardless of whether Moonstone is genuinely concerned or just doing it for her own selfish reasons, but either way, the the amount of influence she exerts over the team, especially when Zemo's not there, is is quite sizable, you know, so that, that, that to me also sort of stood out, you know, that all these disparate personalities and everything, you know, they, they could sort of be motivated and, and assisted by, you know, the, the, the young, I guess, you know, Jubilee Kitty Pride type, you know, archetype of the team. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I mean, I I don't think Mike Johnson's art is like, you know, bad or anything. I I, I think I might have found it a little jarring, but yeah, in general, I like this issue. I think it's a good like like most of it. I, I would say a good chunk of it is a fight scene, but you know, Busick and Roger Stern are you know old pros. They handle that perfectly. The, all the action is exciting, and they sneak in the you know the the like we said the the um. The, what do they call it, like intro dumping during the fight scene. Like, this is them, and this is her, and that's who this is, and this is, you know, whoever else. So, like, I, I think this is another, like, solid issue. And, uh, you know, the like we said, the downward spiral of this three-parter. So, like, in terms of, like, you know, where the heroes are and what's, like, happening in the plot. The, the only thing that I, I wish would have happened is if the... Animaniacs had done a song about the elements of doom. You know, they could be like tungsten and nickel, zirconium, chromium, magnesium, mercury, bromide, helium, vanadium, cadmium, europium, blah 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 blah. blah. You know, so. break nickium. Break nickium. Yeah, exactly. Now I'm thinking of like some scientist like discovering this element. And he's like, oh, this... I wonder what we're gonna call it. And it like reaches out and snaps his neck, and he's like, oh! <laughs> and then someone like else walks up. We'll call it Breakneckium. Like, like, like uh, Citizen V Zemo has discovered a new element. Shut up in your face, elementium. <laughs> It's like, Mr. Jordan, I have a new element. It's called, get me those smiles! <laughs> Yum! Yes! Awesome. Uh, good stuff. So, anything else about this issue? Or I am very good. Alrighty. Well, yeah, so this was another solid issue of uh, T-Bolts, the, the main book proper. Uh, we will take a quick commercial break, and then we will come back and do our usual historical portion of this show and discuss Avengers 188, uh, the first appearance of the Elements of Doom. So stay tuned. Show! Show! Wrong show. Hello there. This is Jared Albrick, a.k.a. The Yard Sale Artist, with a quick podcast promo for my show, Comics with Normies. Here's how the show works. Using my yard sailing skills, I acquire a random comic book from a yard sale. I then give said random comic to a normie. A normie being a person who doesn't normally read comic books. Then, on the show, I'll sit down with the normie to discuss the issue, get a real outsider's point of view, and see what some of the comics that we love, and maybe not love so much, seem like to those normal folks we see walking around on the streets each day. It should be a fun perspective and good for a few laughs. You can check out the Comics with Normies podcast along with some other fun-filled podcasts from White Rocket Entertainment on iTunes and at whiterocket.podbean.com. And feel free to join the show using Twitter handle at Normies Podcast or on Facebook at Comics with Normies. Once again, you can find Comics with Normies on iTunes and at whiterocket.podbean.com. We'll see you there. All right, welcome back to Justice Not Entirely Dissimilar to Lightning. Uh, we will now go into our second half of the show and talk about uh, Avengers 188, which ties into our main issue uh, of this of this episode, which is, you know, the elements of doom. So, like, I think, Derek, you have, uh, have a uh, synopsis and info on this issue, so why don't you go ahead and share that with us? Absolutely. So so we're looking at Avengers 188. It has a cover date of October 1979. 
The on-sale date was July 17, 1979. It had a cover price of 40 cents. This was plotted by editor James Shooter. Uh, the scripter was Bill Mantlow. Penciler was John Byrne. Inker was Daniel Green and Frank Springer, or Inkers were Daniel Green and Frank Springer. The letterer was Gaspar Saladino, and the colorist was Bob Sharon. The title of the story is Elementary Dear Avengers. And here is the synopsis. The Avengers take Quicksilver home to Atlant. Most of the team are dazzled by the sight of the futuristic city. Crystal is on hand to greet her husband and the team upon their arrival. She reveals the news that she is pregnant to a very stunned Pietro. Although Wanda is happy for Crystal, she is suddenly plagued with doubts about her own potential for motherhood. Could she and the Vision have a child? Should they even try? The next day, the Avengers depart for home. On board the Quinjet, the Beast begins reading the Darkhold, much to the consternation of the Scarlet Witch. She warns him that the Darkhold is full of passages that are magical traps to ensnare unwary readers. Captain America then alerts the team to a potential problem on their course home. The most direct route to their home base takes them into Soviet airspace, something they should probably avoid. But before they can change course, they are intercepted by MiG fighter pilots. The Beast, who speaks Russian, tries to ask permission to fly through, but suddenly one of the MiGs bursts apart in midair and the other abruptly speeds away back to base. The Beast relates that he overheard chatter about a disaster taking place at a nearby nuclear power plant. Cap wants to use the distraction to get the hell out of Russian airspace. However, the Beast and Ms. Marvel want to lend a hand at the disaster site. The team debates whether or not to do anything, with the Beast arguing that they should help, regardless of not being asked to assist. Wonder Man takes Cap's side and is wary of the Russians. Wonder Man asks if they should contact Agent Gyrich before they act, even though Miss Marvel is pretty sure what his response will be, so she's secretly removed the vital component of the comm system preventing radio communication. Reluctantly, Cap steers the Quinjet toward the power plant. The Falcon is super duper butthurt that nobody asked his opinion and believes he's only a token member of the team, boo fucking who. The Avengers arrive at the power plant, which is besieged by the Soviet army. They don't quite get the greeting they hoped for as the military level their guns at them. But one older colonel orders the troops to hold their fire. The Beast interprets that this colonel remembers that Cap fought alongside the Russian forces against the Germans in World War II. The colonel directs the Avengers to the reactor control center, where malevolent beings have taken control. They first encounter Vandanium, a being comprised of the corrosion-resistant metal. Despite initially repelling the Avengers and beating Miss Marvel's ass, Vandanium is shattered by Wonder Man. In the plant's control room, the Avengers encounter the Elements of Doom, a bizarre group of humanoid beings, each one of them displaying properties of a particular element from the periodic table. Carbon, fun, phosphorus, and chlorine, and radium. Anyway, the two groups battle each other, but chlorine fills the chamber with poison gas, driving the Avengers away. As they retreat, though, the Falcon realizes the Wasp is not among them and flies back alone to rescue her, hoping to prove himself to his teammates. Unfortunately, he is knocked out cold by Vandanium, who has reassembled himself. Uh, outside, the remaining Avengers are once again confronted by the Russian army. The colonel who granted them permission to access the plan is nowhere to be seen, and a small platoon of technicians is crawling all over the Quinjet. Infuriated, the Scarlet Witch scatters the troops with a hex bolt. Another hex bolt drives the technicians away from the Quinjet, and they all keep their distance thereafter. The Wasp joins them, explaining that she passed out due to the gas. When she awoke, she saw that the elements of Doom were subjecting an imprisoned technician to a procedure that transforms them into the element, Cobalt. She also confirms that they have the Falcon. The team plan their second assault on the control room with Miss Marvel removing the laser cannon from a nearby tank to use as a weapon. 
Meanwhile, the Elementals are about to subject the Falcon to the transformation process when his teammates return to rescue him. As soon as he's clear, Miss Marvel and the Beast fire the laser cannon into the reactors, causing radioactive material to flood the room. It engulfs the elements of doom, but the Avengers manage to escape unscathed thanks to Wonder Man. Fired upon by Russian soldiers as thanks for saving them, the Avengers board their Quinjet and head home. A narration caption states that the Soviet Union's official news agency reported the closure of a nuclear power facility with no details given. And that is the end of Avengers 188, Elementary Dear Avengers. Basically the first appearance of the Elements of Doom, and as we've discussed a few times on this podcast, the original Elements are... I guess, made of, you know, it's like, they're people, people, you know, like, merged with whatever the element is and stuff like that. There's there's no real sign of Vasily, you know, the doctor, in in this, you know, story, as far as I can see. I mean, unless, unless you guys saw something that I didn't. He was trapped in the bathroom. Yeah, he was trapped in the <laughs> it's bathroom. Like, it's like when Osborne had the plane tickets to Europe in that one issue of Spider-Man. <laughs> he was taking that extended Burger World bathroom break that Beavis yeah. and Butthead do. Like, He's for taking the whole eight a truly trip. epic poo. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like what Dr. Dr. Vasily Kondrovich and Chichumi are both in the bathroom pooping. You know, that's, that's what's going on. <laughs> All right. I mean, this this issue, aside from the elements of doom, I'd say, yeah, and, and maybe ionic energy, you know, like doesn't doesn't have too much of a connection to the Thunderbolts per se. But I mean, I guess what I'd say is I, I enjoy the issue. I mean, I, I like John Burns art. I've always liked John Burns art. I think in some cases, I think it's easier to see when Frank Springer is inking him because I, I don't know if you noticed this or not, but uh, on certain pages, especially on like close-ups of faces, I felt like a, a Sal Buscema vibe. And I think the reason why I felt that is because I'm pretty sure, I could be wrong, I didn't even look this up, but I'm pretty sure Frank Springer inks Sal Buscema on a pretty regular basis. And I feel like some of those close-ups remind me of like the, the beady-eyed, kind of surprised look of a, like a Sal Buscema drawing, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I could see that. Because, like, there's some of them, like, on certain certain pages and panels, like, especially, like, when, when the Russians get taken out in, initially, you know, when that one when that one colonel comes out and he's like, oh, I remember Cap from World War II. He was pretty cool. You know, and then and then the, the Russians get, like, blasted, and then all of a sudden Cap, like, turns around and he has that little shocked look on his face. Like, that kind of reminded me of a, a Salbusema kind of shocked face. But I, I, I would... My guess would be that that's probably largely due to Frank Springer's inks over John Byrne. Even though that page in particular looks the least like John Byrne of of all these pages to me. Yeah, like I I had read this before. And uh, like I think honestly, like the elements of doom is are not the like standout thing for this from this issue. Like when I like when I reread it for this episode, I was kind of like. Oh, this is, I think, and I think we even talked about it at some point. I was like, oh, this is the issue where, like, Falcon has a super chip on his shoulder and he's always complaining about, like, everything. Yeah, like, I kind of, that's what I most remember from this is this issue. It's one of many issues where he has a chip on his shoulder during this era. Yeah, it's like I this. Mean, is... I mean, this was, this was because Guyrich appointed him as an Avenger and then it seemed like he he felt like he he had something to prove the whole time, or at least he felt, I don't know, like unappreciated or or under-acknowledged somehow. But I, it it feels about as forced as like some of the, the, the dialogue. Like like at one point he's like, it, there's there's this one line where I was like, did he just say that? Because when he he takes out phosphorus i think or i think it is i don't know i forget or one of the one of the gas ones i forget he takes out somebody right but 
he he says maybe the Avengers figured they'd make a clean sweep before I got up from the back of the bus, and I'm just kind of like, geez, man. Like, I mean, I guess I don't know. Like this this came out in 1979. Like that that's a little dated for 1979, isn't it? I don't know. What do I know? But I was just kind of like, I don't know. It just seemed kind of. I mean, a lot of the stuff in this seems dated. Like, there's a reference to. Um, Oh, yeah, and 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 what's um, they talk about uh, what was that spy pilot that got oh, shot uh, down? Gary Powers. Gary Powers, like mm-hmm. that's I mean that's that at, that, early at that point that's yeah that so that's like that's like a nineteen year old reference in that comic, right? Like I mean, I it, it's it's topical, right? Because they're over Soviet airspace, but. I mean, I yeah, I don't know. Like so, some of the stuff in this does seem does seem fairly dated as far as that goes. And I kind of, I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe I have a chip on my shoulder, but I was like, why did Miss Marvel like hide the rate? I don't know. That just seemed like a stupid thing to do, like to to pull the radio out of the plane. I don't know. I thought that was yeah. It seemed unneeded. a bit sick- like I I thought they could have excessive. Just, I thought they could have just had a conversation and been like, "Yeah, let's let's not call them and let's go do our thing." But I don't see why she. You, had to. Yeah, you would think almost like if they put it to a group vote, they would still choose to do that. Like, so yeah. I don't know what the yeah that what that whole thing was about. But the, the I, thing I took away from this issue, and I, I love these characters. I love Scarlet Witch. I love Vision, but the fact that. Scarlet Witch is questioning if she can have a baby with a robot is freaking insane. Like, I don't get it. I mean, I know it's a comic book, and they did have a wacky magic babies, like, later on. But she's like, oh, I'm so happy for Pietro. He's going to have a baby. I wonder if I can have a baby with a robot. And I'm like, are you nuts? Like, what the hell is you, lady? Like, you got Wonder Man standing right there, and he's got the same brainwaves, like, Oh man! Like I said, I I I love those characters. They're a great couple, but that whole baby thing like makes me crazy. It's just one of those crazy comic book things that I can't wrap my head around. All these years later, it, it just kind of reminds me of, and 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 this may single me out because I'm the the one of the prominent DC fanboys or whatever. But that was always what I. You know, to me, like the Avengers were always like the asshole superhero team, like because they were, or, or, you know, they were just, they had so many foibles, you know, and so many, you know, like problems. And it, it's just like that, that's what I see in this, right? Because it's like, yeah, I, and I think, I think the, the thing that subverted my expectations is Quicksilver wasn't the one being an asshole in the issue. Yeah, you know what I mean? Early on in this issue. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they they, dr- <laughs> they drop him off, and, yeah. and he's actually like, "Oh, I'm I'm having a baby. Like everything's great," you know. And then and then they go on to do their own thing, where you know Falcon's got a chip on his shoulder, Miss Marvel's being a, uh, you know, such and such with the whole stealing the radio, and then you know the the rest of them. I don't know. Like I, I think Beast is 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 verbally judging instead of silently judging, you know? And, and so, you know, like, so, so you, you've got all this kind of stuff going on and it's like, like, like Justin says, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm fine with these characters. I love them, whatever. Right. But, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where, you know, they, they kind of crack me up, but I, I did like that. Like, at least, you know, it's, it's like there, there was some acknowledgement of, Oh, well shit, if Wonder Man wasn't here, we'd all be, Fucked, basically, you know. Yeah. So I was like, oh. I, I liked, I liked uh, Wonder Man had to do his usual thing of saying like, "I'm just as strong as Thor." Yeah, like, or, but, like, I, I feel like he says that in every issue. Like, <laughs> that's that's uh, that I, I think that's a, a shooterism. You know, that'd be like the the what do they do with the Simon Furman, the vast predatory bird? It's like it's like that's the same thing. It's like I have equal strength to Thor. You know, like that's got gotta gotta say it. That's like I I also love and like it's kind of a common thing of comics of this period like when Wanda sees that Beast is reading the Darkhold like she doesn't just say like no don't read that Beast like close it she like shoots him with like a hex bolt or something <laughs> well that's why that's why I was like why are like these guys are assholes like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, it's like so if, if, if it was if, Zatanna and like um, 
uh, Green Arrow in the same situation? Like, what would Zatanna do to keep Holly from reading the match? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, it depends on the era, you know. It's like if it's it was, like... if it was classic, they just they'd, they'd have a conversation and she'd make some flowers or something or a, a hot girl to distract uh, Ollie from from the book or some shit. She'd turn it into she she'd whip up a she she'd say whatever get me a Playboy backwards and then, and then throw it over to Ollie or some shit. But then if it was if it was modern era, she'd fucking have to like mind wipe his ass or something. Well, it's almost sudden, like Green Arrow couldn't like read for the rest of his run. Or <laughs> well, it's almost like the equivalent of like 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 when they were in the Quinjet and like you know Sam was like in the passenger seat next to Cap or the co-pilot seat. He'd he'd be like, you know, what's this button do, Cap? And like, and Cap would be like, Sam, no! And like, backhand him with the shield or whatever. <laughs> like, oh, you broke my nose, Cap. Like, sorry, I had to stop you from hitting that button. Like, jeez, like, holy crap! Like, tone it down a little. I don't know. I and and I, I do think it's kind of forced because it's like, hey, we're going into Soviet airspace, and nobody bothered to ask the black man what he thinks of going to Soviet airspace. I'm upset. It's like <laughs> basically, it's like you know, if 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 this was modern times, it'd just be like Diggle going like, I don't know, Captain America. I don't know that that's such a good idea. You know, like so. I don't. I don't know, man. Yeah, I, I like the Falcon was probably like I said, like the thing I most remembered from this issue. Because not only does he he's constantly thinking everyone's like out to get him or you know out to like keep him down or whatever, but like also he doesn't do a whole lot in this issue. Like he gets captured, like he, he kind of fails gets, at everything he does. Like he so. gets he gets backhanded. It's almost it's almost like a. Uh, a, a Warner Brothers cartoon, like he almost slams into the anvil that is Van Danium's fist or whatever. Yeah, and I mean, I like I, I like the Falcon, but I just I like I think when I first read this issue, probably like I don't know, I think when I was re when I was reading through all of Avengers, maybe like ten or fifteen years ago, I was kind of like. Like, like I can see where, like, you know how Toy Fair and Twisted Mago Theater were always would like relentlessly make fun of the Falcon and stuff. Like, you're like, oh, he's a lame-o. He dresses like a bird. So I'm the token black superhero, huh? Well, they might have wanted Tim Meadows, but they got the Falcon. And you damn well better respect the Falcon. Of course, I don't really have any superpowers. Man, my costume sucks. It's like I, I feel like issues like this are where they get that. Like, mm. yeah, I mean, like, I, he's useless. Like, you know, I always liked Falcon, and I especially liked him working with Cap and Cap's ongoing title. Like, especially like, you know, when Cap was, you know, uh, when Cap had his secret identity as a police officer, and Falcon was doing his whole like, you know, street thing and trying to clean up the streets, and you know, he had a love interest and all that stuff. Like, I liked Falcon like that. that that that's what's interesting about that run is because because he was never like that yeah. in that run like like his love interest hated Whitey and yeah. wanted Whitey to burn <laughs> yeah. but like he wasn't he didn't have the chip on his shoulder yeah. like I don't I don't know like it's 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 kind of funny it's like somehow that got transposed you know onto onto him you know but I don't I don't know how that happened because he he always seemed like a pretty together guy in in the Captain America book. One of my favorite jokes from Twisted Mago Theater with the Falcon was like Cap being like, uh, I, I forgot what it was, but he was like summoning all the Avengers and he was like, Black Panther, like Black Goliath, Black Falcon. And Falcon's like, what the fuck, man? Like, what? <laughs> but before we get into further trouble, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, like, I, I did like the art in this. Like, you know, it's John Byrne, so he's, like, you know, he's great. And, I mean, even if, like, you know, some of the pages were, you know, inked differently or, you know, it wasn't completely him, I guess. But, like, I, you know, it's a solid, solid uh, uh, art job. Yeah, definitely. And, like, it's weird. Like, uh, like I said, like... The elements of Doom didn't really make a huge impression on me, like, from this issue. Like, I know I read their Thunderbolts appearance first, but, like, when I first read this, I was like, oh, this is, like, their first appearance. And I, like, I, feel like, I feel like, at least in this, they're more distinct, because it's like, there's there's the big one, there's the, the, the peanut buttery one, there's the, <laughs> like, 
skinny one and then there's the pink one like i'm kind of like oh well they 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 all kind of you know they they all kind of you know it's like it's like laurel and hardy you know have a different outline right so if you put if you put these elements of doom in a lineup and they were all in shadow they'd all kind of look different whereas i kind of feel like by the time they got to like the all 109 of them they were all just like the same looking dude or at least you know, variables of the same looking dude or something. I don't know. Well, it was the 90s, so they all had to look buff and fit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can't have they, some, like, vapored looking dude beat up uh, Alice. It's going to be big yeah. buff. It's going to be extreme. Extreme. Where, where are their pouches, man? Where are their pouches? <laughs> I know, right? In the Thunderbolts issue, yeah. they should have all had, like, pouch belts and stuff. <laughs> the, the big need, shoulder need pads. Shoulder pads and shit. Yeah. Yeah, the doctor should have been like, you know, I made sure to give all my elements like shoulder pads and bandoliers. I do kind of love how how Miss Marvel, you know, got all hoity-toity about it and stole the radio, but then she immediately gets her ass whooped by um, the elements of doom. And then then two panels later, (laughs) fucking Wonder Man just owns them. So I was like, that's pretty awesome. Well, in about 12 issues, she's about to have an interesting adventure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, at least, like, I, I feel like the power levels are consistent back then. Like, you know, we are like, yeah, like, Wonder Man is stronger than her. Like, do, even... do do we need to discuss why there was a laser on a Russian tank? Or, or should we just let that go because comics? Just let it go because comics. Because comics. <laughs> I was like, I was like, was that was that for GI Joe? Is that what Dude, was going I, on? I was reading some early um, uh, Tales of Suspense Iron Man appearances, and there was like this whole page of like Tony Stark inventing shit, and one of them was like some kind of like chemical agent that could like close a cut in like two seconds, and I'm like, you know, that would have been uh, pretty handy, Mister Stark. Whatever happened to that? Like. <laughs> And then he had another idea about giving the military roller skates with his like micro transistors, so that the they didn't need troop transports. It would just you would just have like the army zipping across whatever landscape on <laughs> roller skates. The roller skate division. Like, how do you expect me to get there on my roller The United skate? States of of America troops, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Laser uh, weapon on a Russian tank in '79. Uh, that's got nothing on like early Silver Age Stan Lee stuff. He like pulled out of his ass for one issue. I like. So, so I feel, are you saying we start a skate force? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I feel like if this story was done today, like, like it, it, Cap would know Russian. Like, I feel like, you know, they they have to rely on Beast to speak Russian, because I guess he's, like, the only one who can speak Russian in this. But, like, in Cap is all, like, you know, what are they saying? What are they doing? And even though, and, like, I feel like even he has to be reminded, like, like they must remember you fought, like, on the Russian front in World War Two And Cap is kind of like, you're right, I did. I completely forgot oh, oh, about yeah, that. Oh, yeah, I did fight. Yeah, there. I was on the Western Front. Yeah, but like nowadays, I feel like they give Cap a bit more like of a wider range of like skills and you know just experience. Whereas I don't know back then, it was just kind of like Cap's a gymnast. <laughs> I feel just... like they should have had a panel of Falcon going, "Man, why didn't nobody bother to translate Russian for me?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Wonder Man could have like nudged Beast, and you like, you tell them like in Russian that I'm as strong as Thor. Like... <laughs> uh, uh, it's very important that uh, it's important that that that, that they know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 despite our you know making fun of it, like I mean, this is a solid issue. Yeah, like, yeah, this yeah. is this is solid, totally solid, good issue. Done in one, and it was done in one, pretty much. I mean, a yeah. lot happened. The plot was very, you know, like dense. I, I, I feel like it's it's interesting too historically because you're like you you got to witness the announcement of of Luna's pending birth or something. Because I was like, I don't know, it makes it makes me think of the you know the. 
I know that's the run everybody else hates, but I'm like, oh, I like that Steve Englehart Fantastic Four run with Crystal and everything. And, you know, they they were always talking about Luna and she was a little baby in that. So I'm like, oh, now I'm, I'm uh, you know, you're you're witnessing an issue where this is like just prior to that. It's like, I'm with child, you know, and stuff like that. So that was that was an interesting little yeah. sort of detour at the beginning of it. I think. I think Luna has since fallen victim to what many Marvel kids do. And I think she's only like, like consistently like five years old, like for the last like 20 years or whatever. Just think uh, there, 19, more 19 than that. Years, yeah. 19 years from this issue, like Exodus would kidnap her. Exodus. Mm-hmm. Exodus. <laughs> <Yep>. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. I, They're fighting I the elements of doom hair. And then they I thought fight Mike was about to tell me like she, she was 13 and got hooked on drugs and, and <laughs> some, something bad sure, was, something like happened that. to Luna or something. Oh no, because um, what's his face? Quicksilver like exposed her to like Terrigen or uh-huh. whatever and she got like those weird powers or, or something. Mm, okay. Something. I don't, I'm sure she's like they probably. I don't even know when the last time she showed up because, like, you know, fuck if I followed any of those Inhumans books from like two or three years ago. I but, I followed those books and I still couldn't tell you what happened to her. I don't. I, I'm sure she like didn't have any major part. I can tell you that. I, yeah, she like I referenced I, it was very like in passing. I want to say like maybe they like maybe she's like they they portray her as like maybe ten years old now maybe okay. like I can okay. I think maybe during it must have been during War of Kings she showed up and that was the last time I read an appearance of by her mm-hmm. and she she kind of looked yeah between the ages of like eight and ten maybe at that yeah point. so pretty soon she can be joining what the the losers and the runaways or whatever those guys were. <laughs> yeah, one of the one of them lose a kid teams. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I guess it would be the champions as we. What? what who am I thinking of? Who? What's the team that like Phil Urich went all evil? Uh the loners. The loners, not yeah. the losers. The loners. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. I was like, oh, before you know it, she's gonna be old enough to join the loners. <laughs> <laughs> With Turbo and Darkhawk and yeah, yeah. Uh, Maddie Franklin Spider Girl. Oh, wait, she's dead. Oh. Uh-oh. But, yeah, oh well. All right, well, and anything else on this issue? Or have we said our piece? I, I think I've said my piece. Okay. All right, so, yeah. Uh, thanks for listening. I mean, this is yet another uh, installment of our usual uh, spiel on Thunderbolts. Uh, and, uh, Derek, why don't you do the, you know... The, where where else can they find us? If you adults have any comments, questions, or concerns, we don't care! Um, but the fan holes do, so if you have comments, questions, or concerns, send us an email at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. If you want to check out the backlog of our episodes, we have them over on fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. If you liked listening to Justice Not Entirely Dissimilar to Lightning, there are plenty of other shows on our network, so check those out. And we can be streamed on Stitcher Radio, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify and Google Play. If you want to check us out on social media, we're on the Tumblr, the Twitter, the Instagram, the Facebook. So we appreciate all the likes, hearts, shares, retweets, etc. Awesome. Thank you, Derek. So this is Mike uh, signing off, and you can't see, you didn't hear him at all, but Falcon was also on this podcast, and right now he has a thought bubble. Man, they didn't ask me what I thought of this. (laughs) (laughs) This is Derek, Derek WC, signing off. This is Justin, and if you're out there and you've ever had a baby with a robot, I want to know about it, so please. (laughs) Please tell us how that works. Yeah, we're confused. Kids were laughing in my classes while I was scheming for the masses.
Write a, someone write a pokey rap about the elements of doom or something. <laughs> Cadmium, yeah. Bromide, chlorine, so-and-so. Gotta fight them all, gotta fight them all. <laughs> yeah. Real with your doom, real with your doom. You know what I was also thinking? Like, uh, when chlorine showed up, like... I was thinking of that. We were talking about the Simpsons earlier. I was thinking of that scene where Homer put too much chlorine in the pool, and Millhouse just like goes by, like all bleached white, and he's like, "Ah!" And I'm. Are you recording, Derek? Mm-hmm. Well, this issue was old enough to drink. <laughs> hey, Kitty, stop! Man, my cat's across the room playing with my backpack. Stop messing with my shit. Hey. Hey. Lay down. Stop messing with my shit. Yeah. Can can we have uh Citizen V like dance around like Reefingista in the <laughs> oh, yeah. in the little commercials right? <laughs> the bumpers, yeah. little bumpers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like doing like that ballet or whatever. Do a pirouette or whatever with his little cape. Yes, exactly. Poop. It's poop. <laughs> <laughs> Chuchumi. <laughs> 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 